Nick and Matt Jackson. You're listening to the Work Shoot Wrestling Podcast. Too sweet. Suck yeah. Welcome to an all-new episode of the Work Shoot Wrestling Podcast. This is Corey Richmond, joined by Jason Brooks. Jason, another week of wrestling in the books. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. Doing well. well I'm pretty sure you're doing a little better than the uh, current Raw announced team situation. I mean... Six weeks of Admin Verk, he out. Now we're going with uh, Jimmy Smith, who was the play-by-play guy for Bellator. I mean, he's done a couple of things with analyst work now for uh, NXT, which, you know, seemed good. And uh, Todd Phillips, who we saw basically left the world when WrestleMania happened, now is officially out of the company. So it's been a crazy week in the broadcasting end. Uh, I, I mean, mean not, not even the broadcasting end. The whole end. They've they've released sixty people this week. They, I guess they're consolidating departments. So a lot of people. It's not just the announcers and Adnan Verk. You know, I mean, you know, R.I.P. WWE uh, announcing career. Uh, but I mean, you know, a lot of people lost their jobs this week. Kind of a crazy week in the WWE in terms of that. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of funny. Not funny, but it's kind of interesting. You know, since the days of you know. Jim Ross and Michael Cole and, you know, there was, there hasn't truly been a ton of stability in this role announcing. I mean, you did have for a while, Todd Phillips and um, Samoa Joe and Brian Saxon over, you know, like maybe the last year or so, both Joe and Todd Phillips are both out. I think we could all agree Adnan Verk wasn't very good. I mean, the last week or two. No, no, he wasn't. No, no, he wasn't not very good. He was fucking terrible. And the curses had started. All right. He was, he was, he was terrible. He was so bad. He was so bad. Like during the pay-per-view, Corey Graves and Saxon basically started calling a match. They essentially were calling the match. And I think that's when they knew, okay, I think we're, I think we're done here. And basically um, I think before the most recent raw, uh, they already knew like, this is your last going to be your last raw. And, you know, he tried to save some face and the WWE didn't bury him um, saying, you know, it's a mutual termination. And, you know, he said he wanted to spend time with his family or whatever. It's like, come on, you wouldn't have taken it. You know what you knew what this job entailed. You knew you were going to have to travel on Sundays. You're going to have to travel every week. The, the travel's too much in your family. You take a couple hour flight to whatever, to Florida every week. Come on. So we, you know, but the WWE did a good job of not burying a guy on the way out. Um, it was an arrangement that was never going to work. We knew it pretty quickly. Um, he was not a wrestling fan. It was not something that he was super into and he wasn't very good at it. So, uh, we'll see what this Jimmy Smith guy does. I guess he was an MMA fighter as well, so um, had a couple of fights. So I, I, yeah, I think it could be, it could be, you know, it'll be, it'll be fine. For the most part, the announcers don't make or break a show, but they could, they could, they could certainly make it a lot worse to listen to. But you know what? I do think that one of the things I said at, when we started this, just like Adnan Verk had never done, you know, play by play for wrestling, you have. Uh, Jimmy Smith, who's great at doing MMA, he does a show on Sirius XM. He did Bellator. He's one of the leading authorities when it comes to MMA. And I don't, Jay, I don't know if you remember the couple things he's done over the last, you know, month or two 
when it comes to like NXT stuff, but the guy's never done play-by-play. And I've never done play-by-play. I know you did play-by-play for, you know, college basketball and different things over the years. There's a difference of doing the play-by-play guy and the color guy, you know? And he's just slipping in to be the, once again, a guy outside of the business to be the face of the product again. I don't think it's a big deal. I think if you clearly have passion for the industry, if you clearly um, are into what you're doing, the passion will show. If you make mistakes, who cares if you make mistakes? You mess up a guy's name here or there. You mess up a thing or two. But if you're super into it, then that'll shine through and people will generally give you the benefit of the doubt. He's not going to be Jim Ross circa 2001, you know, immediately. But if he shows he has some passion for the business, Graves and Saxon can help develop him. Um, I think he'll be, I think he'll be fine. The thing with Adnan Verk is one, his voice is horrible. He's not, I've told, I said this before, he's not a play-by-play guy, but not only is he not even, not a play-by-play guy, like he just didn't have a lot of passion for the business. So um, it just wasn't going to work. So I, I think this guy, I mean, who knows? But I'm certainly willing to give him a chance. When they said Adnan Verk, I knew that was going to be a disaster. I don't know this guy that well. Uh, he's well-respected. And he really respects the business. You know, like, I feel like he's going to know who these wrestlers are. Like, you see that with Pat McAfee. Yes, you know, obviously Vince is feeding him, you know, lines and whatever. But a lot of this is Pat McAfee's personality shining through. And his respect for the wrestlers and the industry shines through. And I think that's important when you're when when these guys are doing when these guys are, are announcing shows. So, um, you know, if, if he respects the business and is passionate about it, I think he's got a shot. Yeah, I hope so. And like I said, and I, I'm not trying to be super negative in regard to Jimmy Smith, because I guess I really do respect his work when it comes to MMA. And he's helped me make, you know, a couple of smart decisions. Telling other people when to, you know, maybe bet on a fight here or there. I mean, he's super smart when it comes to that. You don't tell me any of this. What, what, what are we doing well, here? I gave you one. You did give me one. You did give me one. You're right. You're right. Uh, Rose Namajunas. Yes, yes, you did give, you did uh, give me one. But the other part about this is, and just looking up some stuff, he said in a couple of interviews that he hasn't watched wrestling since he was a kid. And yes, he's, he's one of those guys who researches everything. And since he did the, uh, the his interview for the job, he said he's been watching basically every second of WWE programming, you know, I guess like the last month or so. Mm-hmm. You know, I do hope that this is a better thing than, you know, I mean, nobody's going to be Mike Adamley. That was just the, the, the death of, you know, announcing for Well, let's not, the man's got some other stuff. So let's not go crazy with That's it. But, you know what I'm saying? It was, he was just, you know, awful. he wasn't in, he wasn't in it. He wasn't in it. Yeah. But, you know, I'm hoping for the best. Uh, and, you know, before we move on, you know, just Todd Phillips, I thought that he, yes, just like every other announcer that WWE has had, he just comes from part of the scenery and you sit there going, do any of these guys sound any different? And can you tell one from the other? You know, what if I gave him the job, like to Vic Joseph, who I think's done a good job on NXT? Can we leave Vic Joseph in NXT? Let's leave him down there. He's doing a really good job. Let don't bring him up to the 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 the, the scum of Raw. Leave him down there. He's doing a nice job. Him him Wade Barrett and Beth Phoenix have really good chemistry together. I really enjoy the three of them. Please just keep him down there. I'll disagree. I'm just saying, if you, but I understand you bring Rick Joseph up, and then Tom Phillips takes over for NXT. Or you know what? If you want to let Jim uh, Jimmy Smith figure this stuff out, and especially on the show that um, 
NXT is, which is more of like a sports feel times. And you have guys who do like a lot of mixed martial arts moves, like a Kyle O'Reilly and a Kushida. It could be a way to, you know, get him in there a little bit better, especially the fact he was doing, you know, these things for NXT. I think it might have been a better fit, you know, short term. And, and if you want to bring him up to the main, the main show, at least he got his feet wet in NXT. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. Throw him to the wolves. We'll see what happens. You know, what are we doing? You're training to be a wrestling announcer. Just throw him out there. See if he could do the job. See if he gets better. Who cares? I mean, you know, again, as long as he's okay, he'll be, it'll be fine. If it's, he's, if he's a distraction from the show with how bad he is, that's when it becomes an issue. And, you know, maybe he'll improve. So I guess I'll ask you this. You may not watch it on Monday because of Memorial Day weekend, but will you at least watch Jimmy Smith's first show to uh, see if he's any good? Or are you, or is uh, Raw so bad? I'm not even going to find out if this guy can actually. Yeah, play. I'll see what Jason Powell tells me about the, about his debut. I mean, I, I have no, I have no. Great. I, I haven't watched the show and it doesn't seem like anything's happened. Like nothing happens on the show. It's so long. Nothing happens, you know, there's nothing happening on the show that that's entertaining or exciting at all. So to me, like, I don't know. I know they're, they're going to give, you know, Kofi a shot here. So maybe I'll watch Memorial day. Maybe I'll watch Memorial. It depends on what, what's happening with the NBA. It's hard with the playoffs. There's a lot of games. on. There's a lot going on. So uh, last thing on this, does Jimmy Smith last six weeks or uh, does, does he get fed up or. Okay. All right. Come go, on. You know? All right. All right. All right. Come on. All right. Bye. Um, Quickly, Raw, for the first time in weeks, wasn't terrible. Uh, I find it interesting where some of these angles do go. I mean, you've got the stuff with Kofi and Drew McIntyre next week, having the rematch, which if there's any interference from Bobby Lashley, he gets suspended for 90 days. It'll be interesting. I mean, I do think the answer is Lashley versus Drew at um, Hell in a Cell, but it will be interesting where they go with Kofi especially with, uh, it looks like New Day versus um, RK Bro looks like mostly in the next direction. So, I mean, we're interested to see where they go with that stuff. Yeah. Um, you know, does Kofi, is this just a one thing for Kofi to give him, you know, another you know, spot, you know, another chance at the spotlight, or does he actually have a legit chance of winning? And how long are they going to drag this McIntyre-Lashley feed out for? Um would this go to SummerSlam? Um, will be done at Hell in a Cell. So I think that'll be interesting. And Corey, the fact that they're trying to get challengers out of the, you know, finding them out of the weeds here with Kofi Kingston, who's a tag team, who's been a tag team wrestler for so long, it shows you they don't have a lot of guys. Uh, and we're going to talk about NXT later. And, you know, one of those guys could possibly be Finn Balor, but. Just, you know, there's a similar issue on SmackDown where Roman Reigns needs some challengers and Lashley's going to need some challengers if he gets by Drew. So we'll see what happens. Yeah. Um, so let's get into uh, the show on Tuesdays that we truly enjoy. Uh, I'm sorry, NWA, uh, you got behind a paywall. Sorry, we don't talk about you. Uh, but NXT. I thought it was another good week. I don't think it was as good as the last two weeks of programming. But I, I thought, you know, everything worked pretty well. I thought the Frankie Monet debut, I thought she 
felt like a star. I mean, Jay, you may disagree with that. I thought no, they, I think they've they've. I mean, they've built. I mean, they've built her up that way over the last, you know, um, whatever several weeks. So yeah, and you know, as much as neither of us love Karrion uh, Cross on the NXT level, we think that he's more of a main event character. I think him and Finn Balor worked well together, and I think the match delivered. You know. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, you know, I think this Finn Balor run has really showed me how good he is um, and and the development of his character. Um, so, yeah, and he did a great job with Karrion Cross. It was a very good match. Um, probably about as good of a match as you can get from Karrion Cross. And, you know, he won the title. So, you know, where they he's got a lot of potential challengers. And they've done a good job of already, of already lining those people up. You know, they had Swerve Scott. I think he talked more about the North American title, but, you know, you have a lot of people potentially lined up. You know, Pete Dunne, Kyle O'Reilly, you know, what happens with Adam Cole. Um, you know, so there's already a bunch of people who could go for that title. So, yeah, no, definitely a solid show. Uh, NXT's. NXT is always a good show, a good, solid show. So uh, we'll see what happens with Karrion Cross and the title moving forward. Yeah, so uh, you know, let's, let's talk about that for a moment here. Uh, they announced that next week there's going to be a three-way match for okay. the uh, number one contender to face uh, Karrion Cross at In Your House. It's going to be, you know, three of the bigger names of the company that aren't Adam Cole. You've got Johnny Gargano, Cool Kyle, and Pete Dunne. I... It's always weird when a guy loses a title and then he gets a shot at the bigger title the following week. But, you know, Johnny Gargano is, you know, the one of the three faces of NXT. So, you know, and especially the way that you had the interaction with uh, him and Karrion Cross from like two weeks ago yeah. during the um, during the singles match. I, I, I buy the fact why he would be in it. But what's, what's your thoughts on, on this match? Do you see them finally pulling the trigger on Pete Dunne, who... Yeah, he's a heel, but I mean, it feels like he might be the next guy, or is it Kyle O'Reilly again? I mean, yeah, I think Karen Cross is definitely playing the kind of tweener. Um, and so I guess you could have him go against a heel. You you don't want Kyle O'Reilly to be the guy because he just already, you know, had that opportunity and lost. So the next time he, he goes for the title, you assume he's gonna win it. And that's generally how they've built guys up in the past. Um, you know, Gorgano, I think, is just there to be there because uh, he's such an established guy. So he's a huge guy where he's a guy. Yeah, he's a guy to lose. And so I think, yeah, I think he's 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 there to take the pin. Uh, so yes, yeah, so I think by process of elimination, I think Pete Dunn is the guy. And he could lose and still be all right because they've kept him pretty strong. Yeah, I mean, I think. I think if you know if I was putting money on it, I think uh, I think Kyle O'Reilly wins the match, but I'd love to see Pete Dunne get that opportunity. You, 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 oh, Corey, you, you, they can have O'Reilly lose a title match again. Well, I yeah, maybe you're right. But I guess I mean that's uh, that's just rough. Three times losing a title. At what point do you say, okay, well, you know, it's just not going to happen for him? You know, it's just weird though, unless it's Gargano, which I don't think either one thinks it is. It kind of feels like the next time Dunn or O'Reilly go for the title, feels like they should win it. You know, so I mean, yeah, Dunn's had what? One, he had one title shot, right, against Balor. 
Uh, yeah, and I, and I guess Cot and O'Reilly at two. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, could go either way. I guess it could go either way. But someone's going to lose the, to Carrying Cross. Agree. Yeah, I, I would have totally agree with that. And I guess the other reason why I I would like, well, besides being a, you know a huge fan of Pete Dunne, you can honestly say before this match this week, the best match that Carrying Cross has had in NXT was the um, match versus Santo Escobar. And that's a guy who's a similar, you know, a similar build, you could say, size-wise, as Pete Dunne. So, you know, I, I think that he, he could really have a good match with a small. Yeah, and also we have to throw into the the throw into the mix that Adam Cole could come out and cost O'Reilly too, that's because true. you know Cole has kind of hinted that 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 it's not over, it's not over. So, um, I certainly could see Cole coming and interfering, and that's how you know maybe O'Reilly takes the pin because. So then Gargano's not hurt and Dunn's not hurt and Dunn gets the win, but O'Reilly doesn't look bad because of interference. So I say maybe you see some Adam Cole interference next week. Yeah, I, I could see that. Uh, so before we get to uh, a couple other things with this, I just want to go back to Frankie Monet. She looked, like I said, she looked like a star. Where do you see them going with her, at least short term? Is it like, you know, you had the interaction with Io Shirai during that segment? Yeah. You could also maybe, I mean, I don't want to see it, but she did use Beth Phoenix's finisher, and Beth Phoenix did say, that looks familiar. I mean, easiest way to put a rub on somebody big is to have, you know, basically take out a legend. I mean, what direction do you see them going, especially with, you know, Ember most likely getting the next shot at um, the women's title? Yeah. You know, what, what do you yeah, think? Yeah, I think that's the cool thing, right, is it, she can go anywhere. Um, she you know, she could go against Sashi Blackheart. That might be a good first opponent. Uh, Shashi Blackheart in the past has been kind of the gatekeeper. So maybe you could have her her be that. Um, you know, is it too soon for EO? You know, do you have to work your way up to get her? Maybe. Because she's the top dog other than Raquel Gonzalez. So then where do you go? So I think that's where maybe, you know, maybe a Sashi Blackheart, maybe a Beth Phoenix Legends type of match. Something like that might work. Um, but, yeah. But I don't think it'll be EO. I think maybe it's a little early to be her. But, you know, who knows? Who knows? I, I, I don't see it, though. Yeah. Um, well, speaking of, you had uh, the tag team match this week with Ember and Shotzi versus Dakota Raquel Gonzalez. Now, Usually we wouldn't talk about this match in, in live depth, but I think we could all honestly say that they're putting uh, Ember Moon up against Raquel next due to the fact that Ember, you know, basically hit her finisher on her. She, a, a ton of the offense that the team got on Raquel was from Ember, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I could see that. And I think eventually they're going to build to Dakota Kai against Raquel Gonzalez. You could see that with Raquel being super aggressive after all these matches and Dakota Kai looking kind of timid and not wanting to um, be as ultra aggressive. Uh, and I think that could be a tremendous story that they do at some point. Um, Dakota Kai is great from fighting underneath um, as the, as the kind of plucky underdog. I think that's, that's been her big role. Um, and she's a great baby face as well. So yeah, I, I think that probably is where they're ultimately going to go for a takeover. I don't know when the next takeover is, but I think... I believe it's June 15th. June 15th. June 15th. Oh my gosh, it's only a couple of weeks from now. 
Uh, so probably, yeah, probably Ember and Raquel will be the next match. And then after that, they'll build up too. But then who's going to challenge Loray and um, uh, the other woman there? And Indy Hartwell. I mean, who's going to challenge, who's going to challenge them? That's a good question. I mean, it really, that's one of the sad parts of NXT. You basically have only three tag teams. I mean, so, uh, I don't know. It also looked like they kind yeah, of. but they didn't get their. They didn't get their. They didn't get their rematch though, did they? And they won the match against Raquel and Dakota Kai. So naturally, you would think they would get the 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 title shots at the at takeover. Well, but I think you could also be telling the story of how Bailey Shotzi got taken out. Where maybe she's on the shelf for for a little while, and that's why. And that's how Ember yeah. goes and goes for the uh, the women's title. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. I mean, she got. She got the shit kicked out of her. So, I mean, it makes it makes sense. So, Corey, one thing is, and I'm, I'm sure you have more topics to talk about NXT. I'm really excited about the tag division. Uh, we've talked about it a little bit, um, but man, they they do a real. They've done a really good job of making all these guys feel like everybody. And I, I think AEW has. They were they did this for a long time. And then they started to get into like, you know, angles and stuff like that. And we got to do certain things. So, and I get it, you know, Mox is a star. And, and so he's got to be in, in a big, a, a big part of the pay-per-view. But I feel like when it came to AW originally, you had a bunch of teams who could win the Lucha Bros, SCU, Page and Omega, the Bucks you know, Jurassic Express. You had a bunch of teams that could possibly get up there and win. Now you don't really feel that way, right? I feel like with NXT, I feel like they've done a good job of highlighting Grizzled Young Veterans can win. Imperium can win. Ciampa and Thatcher can win. Even Legano Del Fantasmo could, could win. So they've done a nice job of, in Everrise is like the plucky comedy babyface tag team. So they've done a nice job of, 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 of really giving us the idea that, you know, anyone can win the tag titles, which I think is, is, is really good. And uh, I'm, I'm excited for all these tag matches and to see where they, where they go. I would, I would agree with that. I think that they've really good, done a good job of re, re, uh, putting interest in the tag team division over the last, you know, three or four months. I mean, I don't know if I truly – I don't know if I care about MSK as the champions. I think they're better. They almost feel better as the guys going for the titles, but uh, they're really good. All the other tag teams that you mentioned are either good to solid or, you know, or great even, you know, some of these things. So, I mean, yeah. I still think if you put one against the other, I mean, the AEW still has a stronger tag team division, but like you said, with the, with the storyline of the Bucks and, you know, Omega and everyone trying to be these unbeatable teams, the idea of another team actually beating them has become a little bit harder to buy. So, I mean, I do, I totally get that. That, that yeah. does make sense. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, we'll kind of see where, where that goes, but I, I'm, I'm excited for, I, I agree with the MSK shouldn't be the champions. I feel like they should be fighting for the titles and they should, you know, whatever. So I think that's a little bit of a mistake. Not a big deal. Good for those guys having the titles, um, you know, and we'll see where they go. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, I guess we could quickly bring it up just because it looks like it's something that could be a bigger story going down the line. Uh, we had the Million Dollar Man come in this past week, and 
There have been rumors that the million dollar uh, championship is coming back. Uh, what was your thoughts, I guess, quickly on Cameron Grimes and uh, L.A., one of the worst names, L.A. Knight? L.A. Knight. Um, I'd rather say Eli Drake. Uh, yeah, I think Eli Drake's <laughs> like way better. But What were your thoughts on the segment and do you care about you know the million dollar t- uh, title coming back? Um, I thought it was pretty good. Um, I love the Cameron guys, Grimes kind of turning into a baby face. I think that's the natural progression, uh, kind of of his character. And I think he could be like a fun baby face to root for. And, you know, Eli Drake, LA Knight is the perfect heel guy to wrestle with him. So yeah, I, I, I love, I, you know, I love mid card feuds and I love that they try to get storylines out of it. Also LA Knight's Jordan's looked fantastic because Jordans were great. Just want to point that out. But uh, no, I, I enjoyed the segment. Uh, I'm glad to have Ted DiBiase getting some shine. He was one of my, he was one of my top five favorite guys in the eighties for sure. So I really want him to win the title at WrestleMania four in the tournament, but um, you know, we'll, uh, we'll see how things go. Um, you know, with that, I think we're going to continue to see the ascent though of Cameron Grimes. I think LA Knight's going to be a guy who they can push if they feel like it, but he's kind of the veteran who's always going to be, uh, not always going to be, but I think he's going to be a guy who is not a guy that's going to be pushed up to the title necessarily. I think he's going to be more of a, I don't want to say a jobber to the stars, but I, I could see that more being his role. Um, but it's Cameron Grimes' time. They've put a lot into him, a lot of vignettes, a lot of promos. A lot of time. I think the fans are behind him. I think it's his time to get a little bit of a run. Yeah, I could, I could definitely see that. I mean, I don't ever see him being the champion of champions, but I can see that. No. You know, Cameron Grimes. This is time to do a little bit more, and I'm glad to see that they're, they're giving him this shot. Uh, so, Jay, I have a quick question for you. I, I think I already know the answer, but uh, this past Wednesday, no wrestling on because it's going to be on Friday. What did you do with your Wednesday night, not having to go and and watch uh, AW Dynamite? I'm, I, I'm the, sure the answer. I watched the NBA, watched <laughs> basketball. It's a lot of basketball on, so I did that. Um, and honestly, like I was like, oh AW, oh it's not on tonight. Oh well, I watched the NBA. So um, yeah, I mean, this is just a great time of year. Um, I've what I was wasn't huge into the NBA the last couple of years. But the bubble got me in and I started reading and doing a bunch of research and, you know, betting. And now, like, I'm all in on the NBA. That's the answer. Betting. No, I, honestly, like, I, like, I, you know, watching that Knicks Hawks game on Sunday, I didn't have, I didn't have a bet on that game at all. It was amazing to watch, you know, a crowd and get into it. So, yeah, no, I don't, I mean, it was like, it was sports magic. So I, the crowds are back too. So I think it's, I think it's been, um, been fun hasn't been great for the pocketbook but so yeah i don't know i haven't it's been i'm okay i know wrestling is going to be a real aw is going to be in a real funny spot the next couple of weeks um because of the playoffs but you know it, it is what it is i think maybe the now that's now's the time to so quite that's a question for you sure do you think now is the time now i know you know they got double or nothing and then the next big show is it all out uh, no, I think they'll have uh, either Fight for the Fallen or um, is it 
summer pay-per-view, like a Bash at the Beach or something. I'm not sure if that will be it. Yeah, but those aren't like really big shows. Their next major pay-per-view is All Out, right? So, right. you know, they're going to have All Out's in, what, end of uh, end of August, right? So Labor Day weekend. They, Labor Day weekend. So they do have some time to play with here. And the shows are going to be at crazy times because of the playoffs. Maybe now is a time to, you know, experiment. We talked about doing vignettes, which they, you know, they did promos last week. That was a little bit better. Um, maybe now is a time to highlight some of the people in dark who have been doing well. Um, you know, they did that segment with the bear, the bear mountain guys, whatever their names are, the tag team there, bear country. And it was like, a, it was a nice segment. You know, maybe now is a time you don't have to do a Jericho with eight segments, the elite with five segments, Moxley with four segments. And then, oh shit, we don't know what else is on the show, right? Now, maybe it's a time to get younger people in there, more vignettes, because this, you know, why not experiment? They're not going to have their consistent um, viewership because of, of everything going on. So I don't know. I, I think now might be a time to experiment. Corey, what do you, what do you think? Or do you, or do you think, or do you think they're better because of the time slots being crazy of just going with their stuff that works the bucks, Cody, you know, that type of thing. I think you go with what works, but at the same, because if you're going to try to get people ready for 10 o'clock, uh, starting October, uh, was it August 13th for, you know, rampage, this is these, at least these next two weeks, people are going to expect to see stars. And if you want to get people used to this new, you know, watching wrestling on Friday after SmackDown, I think you got to give them the big people and have them in big segments, you know, because this is especially like what they did with the, uh, the women's tournament earlier this year on YouTube to figure out uh, people would, you know, kind of get used to the idea of watching it Monday at seven o'clock which turned to uh, elevation, I think you have to get people used to watching at a certain time. And if you just have, you know, your mid-level guys on the next couple of weeks when they're on Friday, I don't think that's going to get people in the mindset that there's something important to watch on Friday, especially when they're telling but you. But eventually they have to elevate these people. That's true. You know, um, and you could maybe give Jericho one segment instead of four. You know, or, you know I'm being funny. Give him one instead of three. One instead of two, you know, I don't know. I just think that, that, that maybe this is the time to experiment. You know, I do think that, you know, like I said, their show last week was one of their best shows they've ever had in my opinion. And so maybe they're starting to go into the right direction of slowing the show down. Um, so, so yeah, as far as the getting fans ready for 10 o'clock, I, I don't think that that's, that means nothing to me. Um, it's two months. It's two months away. You're not getting fans ready for anything. Um, so I, I don't think that that's even a thing. Also, they're not going to be on Fridays at 10 all the time anyway. This Friday is different because it's the Friday before pay-per-view. Friday, yeah. yeah, Friday before. This Friday is before pay-per-view, though. So that's a different kind of show. Mm -hmm. I'm saying, like, in general. And the next two Fridays are going to be at 10, and it's going to be at random time. So right. I don't think you're getting anyone ready for anything. Like, oh, man, remember that show two months ago I watched when they had Moxley? It was great. Now I have to start watching again. Like, that's not what's going to happen, but. Um. Yeah, I guess we'll kind of we'll 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 see, but um, I would like for them to change things up. The, the you know this Friday show is different. They have to get ready for the pay per view. But mm -hmm. over the next couple of weeks, it'd be nice to ha see them continue to uh, spotlight some of the younger talent. 
I, I agree with you. It's, it's a tricky balance to see what, what will and what it is. Work. Um, it is. So let's get into a little bit of AEW. Uh, this week's show coming up uh, tomorrow on Friday after SmackDown. We're not going to really talk about it because the show doesn't look on paper. You know, your main event is Miro versus one of the uh, the young flyers. You know, so this is, isn't exactly uh, the young flyers. Who is who's flight, the, I'm sorry, top flight. Top flight. Oh, the one guy who's not hurt. I mean, yeah, okay. it could be a very fun match for however long it goes. Because, that's you know, the main event? Well, that's the, that's the match that they – well, I think they have Janela versus Adam Page. Oh, boy, Joy Janela making an appearance. All right, so they're, they're definitely punting this show. Well, uh, it's basically – it's basically, would you say? I'm sure they'll announce something uh, the day of. Yeah, but they're, they're punting this show. I mean, the way they've hyped these shows up. This is a pay-per-view preview, basically, which I think is what it should be. Yeah. Do stories, do vignettes. Get people hyped for the pay-per-view. That's the job of this show. Please don't give me some 20-minute long Miro match against the top guy from Top Flight. Right. Let's do some stories to get me hyped for this show that I'm spending $60 on the, the, the next day or two days later. There you go. Um, all right, so let's uh, – I'm going to say as I always do, I know that's four shows a year, and AEW hasn't really disappointed, except for you know things not exploding at the end of their last show. What's your interest level going into uh, – Double or nothing. Well, don't we usually go over the shows and then I say, all right. Um, I give you a pre before you know everything. You know, just yeah. Um, there's been like just so much going on in my life. It, it's it's hard to like talk about the the pay per view in terms of my excitement level. Uh, I'm I'm interested. I I think the one thing that's got me. Not feeling great is a world title match. I wish we had more of a build for the world title match, you know? Uh, so I'd say that's the one thing. So I'd say I'm like a five or four or five. And the one match they've hyped up the most is inner circle against um, pinnacle, which I'm like, I'm sure I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. It'll be fun, but I'm not like, Oh my God, I need to watch this. Like I'm, I can't wait for this match. So I, yeah, I would say I'm a four or a five. All right. I guess I'm a little bit higher. I'm somewhere in that six and a half to seven range because I, I do think that some of these matches on paper can be really good. And I have enjoyed, you know, the Britt Baker push and uh, some of the stuff they've done with, um, you know, um, the inner, not the inner circle, uh, with the Young Bucks and Eddie and, and Moxie. So I think some of those things have been done. Well, I could, but I totally understand how this Friday night show could be a big thing for people on the fence to really decide what they want to do with this show. But yeah. I, I think, well, I, and I want to preface it by saying, I think it'll be a good show. You know, I, I think there's matches I'm looking forward to. Um, I, I'm just not at that fevered pitch. You know what I mean? No, to- totally get that. And I, and I can, I can understand that. Uh, so let, let's start off. Uh, we've got Brian Cage versus Adam, Adam Page. And uh, basically I would think Adam Page getting his win back. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think it should be a really fun match, but you know, it's—I don't really think it's a match that I'm going out of my way that would. No, I think it could be. It could be a. It definitely could be one of the two best matches on the show, mm-hmm. um, for sure. Yeah, I think it could be a really, really good. I mean, yeah, next to the tag match, uh, we'll kind of get into it, but yeah, I think that could be one of the best matches on the show. Yeah, um, now this match we're going to speak about for a moment because it's the first time in six years. The icon Sting will actually have a true wrestling match. I know that when he signed, we were both like, we'd never want to see him in a match, but he's done a couple of, you know, phys- 
slightly physical activities, you know, taking the power bond from Brian Cage, but it's Sting and Darby Allen versus Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky. I think Page and Scorpio Sky need the win badly to go and make them actually seem legitimate, but it's Sting's first match in six years. I'm going to go with Page and Scorpio, but I would not be shocked if the wrong decision gets here because Darby Allen's such a star. I think you have to have Page and Scorpio Sky win. I, I just, you just can't, you know, because Scorpio Sky said, I'm my own man. I'm not dealing with SCU. And then he joins a tag team with Ethan Page, who like kind of wanted to be a singles wrestler is now in a tag team. So I, I think you can't have them lose. Oh, it'd be such a bad result for them. It'd be such a bad result. And I think Corey, so, you know, team Taz lost this thing um, and they kind of haven't been the same as well since that loss. So you, you can't have 60-year-old thing when these matches. Like what's what, what does it mean? So I think you have Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page win. I just think if they win a match, what do you do with them after? Like what's the end game with them? Um, which I, I don't know. Another stable, they, they love their stables in AEW. So um I, I think you have to have, I mean I'm going to go with the result I feel like you really have to have, and that's Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky going over. Agreed. And what they do with Sting and how they figure him out physically and, and oh yeah, yeah, a 60-year-old guy with spinal spinal issues. It's real, real dangerous. But clearly he's in excellent shape. Like, he looks great. And so, you know, I mean, I'm sure he could piece together a decent match. So we'll see. Yeah, let's, let's hope for the best. Uh, a match that I think should – I love both guys – as workers, but I really think this should have should be like a headlining match of a dynamite, not on pay-per-view. Uh, Miro versus Lance Archer for the TNT title. I don't think it's nearly uh, time to take the title off Miro after only winning it, and pretty much every champion has had the title for a, for a while. I think it should be a really fun match, just two big guys being the crap at each other for you know eight to twelve minutes. But I think Miro has to hold on to the title. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, to me, you you have to have Mira hold on to the title. I don't, I don't. The hype for this show just has not been great. It, uh, or for this match has not been great. That's only been uh, two weeks. Yeah. That's what I mean. So, yeah, it hasn't been great. And I think it puts Archer just in a bad position. He keeps getting these big opportunities. He keeps losing these big opportunities. You know, where does he continue to go? How does he look relevant? You can call us yourself the monster and do a move off the ropes, but then at the end of the day, you're going to lose when it counts. So, um, yeah, I, I see him losing. Um, maybe after this, Archer turns on Jake. I, I, you know, I don't know where I don't know where they go with it, but I think Archer definitely loses. Uh, a match that we spoke about a couple of weeks back after the promo: Cody Rhodes versus Anthony Agogo. I think it's a really big spot for Agogo who has basically had, you know, what, five more wrestling matches than me and you have had at this point. Um, I'm hope if they, if they have faith in Ogogo to do this, hopefully it's a good match. Ogogo has, I think, should win. I think, but you know what? I think I said this on last week's show. When you, when Cody Rhodes is, you know, taking the name of his father for the, for the day, you know, calling himself the American dream, it seems a little, it seems like a little weird for him to lose, but I do think the younger guy should definitely win this match. I don't know if you, Corey, if you've read the 
stuff with Cody talking about how he, you know, focus groups and blah blah blah. He spoke about that on the media call today, and he said that he misspoke. It was just yeah, yeah, about to different people mad, but it didn't make him look like an idiot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He yeah, and that's what I was gonna get to. Yeah, so he said he did focus groups, and he said, you know, I was a dummy. That's not what I meant. I meant I go to people I trust and blah blah blah. Um, but yeah, I, I, yeah, the promo was very strange. The bill for the match has been. The bill for the match has been like, holy shit, we don't have anything for Cody to do. And it also shows you that he's a star and, they, you know, obviously he's a, he's one of the EV, EVPs. But, man, it is funny. It's like, oh, mate, we, gotta, we need Cody to do something. So, uh, you know, be America or whatever. Uh, I see no way he loses this match. He has lost a lot of big matches, but I can't see him losing this one. And I don't know what this match is going to look like because I love Cody. And I think in the ring, he's very solid. He has no Ric Flair in the ring. So um, let's see what kind of match he gets out of Anthony Ogogo. I agree. And, you know, I, I do think Ogogo has to win, but you, I do think you're right. Um, so we're getting into a lot of the bigger matches now. A couple more left here to talk about. Actually, let, let's talk about the one that I think that could be uh, really fun, but depending on who the surprise is, it could be a disappointment. We've got the Casino Battle Royal, 21-man. You know, we, me and you were, were at one uh, at All Out last year, which they're going to have again an all-women's one coming out All Out in Chicago again this time around. But, you know, you basically have all of the also-rants of who aren't in major matches, you know, Christian Cages, Cole Cabana, Jungle Boy. You know, you have those types in this match. I'm not asking you who you think is going to win the match because it could be anybody. But I think the more important question here is who's the wild card, number 21? Because I think the fans are expect a huge name. You know, we every time, you know, it's going to be, you know, CM Punk. It's not CM Punk. But Andrade's out there as a free agent. Daniel Bryan's a free agent. If they don't deliver a big name and if it's, you know, just some guy who's, you know, out there, is that going to hurt this match? You know, at least, maybe not in your mind, but in the fans' mind, they're expecting a big surprise. And it's- I feel like they haven't hyped this up as they, much as they normally do. True. I feel like normally there's stuff in it. They've, they, I mean, when, when it was Cage, they really were like buttering us up. I feel like I haven't seen that as much this time. So um, if it's not a big surprise, I don't think the fans, the fans will be disappointed initially. First time with that many live people, the first time the Daily Sun is full or Daily's place is full. So I think people will be disappointed. I think you'll audibly hear that. Um, but I don't think ultimately like, where, you know, when they hyped up Christian Cage, it's like, you better spend your money and watch this because Christian Cage is going to be here. Some unknown superstar is going to be here. I don't feel like we're getting the same level of hype. But, yeah, there'll be, dis- there'll be disappointment. I have no expectations because who knows. Um, now, as far as who it could be, maybe some, maybe f- someone from the Forbidden Door, possibly. But I know they're having a lot of issues with COVID, so uh, maybe not. Um I guess maybe the better. I guess maybe the better thing here is, what do you think of chances, percentage chance, as a gambling guy that you are, that it is, you know, and I'm not gonna say which one, but it, it is Brian um, or you know Andrade. Well, Andrade can't can't he, wrestle yet. Yeah, he, he had the when he left, it was he can go wherever he want right away. That was uh, he was the, the weird one. But do we see a? Uh, Andrade, because you know, you have the triple mania match. Yeah, yeah, I think Andrade would be the guy who I, I think Brian that'd be no Brian needs to be 
He needs to he needs to do what Adam Cole did at the end of NXT with, with the Drew McIntyre, with Drew McIntyre and Andrade when he hit McIntyre with the belt and he held the belt up. I just got here and I'm fighting for the title. That's what's happening. I'm not doing some bullshit battle royal. I'm gonna be here. I'm fighting for the title. That's what Daniel Bryan should do. Um, you know, will he? You know, whatever. Yeah, I could see it being Andrade. Um, for sure. I, I could see it being Andrade, but I, 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 you know, but man, every time they're debuting a new guy, it's like, good God. But, you know, I, I guess we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens, but I, I don't, it won't matter to me if it's a big guy, big time person or not. Yeah. I mean, we, we will definitely see. So our last couple of matches on this show, women's title match, I think might be the best book match, the, the most well-booked match on the show. Uh, Sheeta versus Britt Baker. I mean, and the only thing I think maybe people care about is the one year she's been champion in the no fan era. Uh, what's your thoughts? Does Britt Baker finally become, you know, the basic face of this company for the women's division, or do you keep the title on Sheeta? I mean, I feel like it has to be Baker. Absolutely, hundred percent. Britt Baker wins the match. I think there's no, I think there's no doubt that she wins the match. In my opinion. Are you interested in this match, though? Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, it was Britt Baker's, you know, best match before the match with Thunder Rosa. Um, And so, yeah, I think I'm interested in the match. I'm interested to see how they have Britt Baker win. Uh, But I I, I, I think Britt Baker has to win the match. They've been building up to this and her coronation for a long time. I think next to the, you know, the EVPs and one or two, you know, one or two of the wrestlers, She's been the most, you know, the best booked, not best booked, but um, best, you know, most highlighted person in the company, probably top 10, easily top 10. And by far the most highlighted woman next to like maybe Jade. So they've done a great job with her. She's done a great job of developing her personality and her character and her gimmick. And, you know, I mean, I remember when she came out when they're like, Britt Baker's from Pittsburgh, so we all need to cheer her. And she came out and was like, all right, it's fine. And she basically kind of pulled the Seth Rollins on the fans, and it was great. So uh, I think it's her time. I think she absolutely deserves it, um, you know, and, and and we'll see. But, yeah, I, I definitely see her winning, and I think she should. I agree. Uh, so quickly on these last couple of matches, Young Bucks, Young Bucks, uh, young Bucks versus – Kingston and Moxley, I'd love to see a title change here because it, it will take, you know, Moxley out of the main event scene but still make him a, a key part of this match. But I don't think they take the titles off of the Bucks at this point. I think it could be a really, really good match, not on the level of, you know, FTR or Page and Omega with the other title matches they've had. But I do think that they can have a really good match. Yeah, I think it'll be a good match. I don't see the Bucks uh, losing the titles. They're on a roll uh, again. Don't love him as heels, especially Nick Jackson. Um, but I think um, it should be a really, really good match. It should be a fun match. I think they're going to do a lot of fake blood, which is going to be annoying. But um, it should be a good match, and I see the Young Bucks winning. Okay, so before we get to the main event, quickly. Oh, that's that's a question for you. What is the main event? What's been the best hyped match of this show? Sheeta versus Britt Baker? No, uh, um, no, not even close. What's been the what's been the most hyped match? 
Oh, hyped. I thought you said best built. Uh, most hyped is uh, Inner Circle versus the Pinnacle in one of their big time matches, Stadium Stampede, saying that this won't be, you know, the laughing. This will actually be, you know, a hard fought match. Um, I would put, I think you may have to put this on last because you, it's one of those things where you have people sitting in a full, a full crowd, which we didn't get you to talk about, a full crowd sitting there, you know, just looking at a screen for 20 minutes. It almost feels like it would be, it should be the main event if you're having that situation. But I just think that you're putting the world title on last. But okay. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I, I think with the way they've hyped it, I think it should go on last. But I also am a traditionalist and like the world title match being last. So um, either or, but I could definitely see this main eventing. Absolutely could see it. All right. So quickly here Stadium Stampede, Inner Circle versus the Pinnacle. If the Inner Circle lose, they can no longer be a group. I, I'm going to say two things on this one. I I think it's really hurt the company, you know, doing these stipulations, you know, especially with Cody not being able to be in the world title scene, supposedly ever, maybe when he turns heel, he'll get rid of that, you know, just saying, you know. I'm I, don't think that's, I don't think that's that big of a deal. I don't think it's hurt the company. Well, I'm just saying these stipulations where, you know, you kind of, they, they, they keep to the stipulations. So I do think it makes the match more believable, but I think the inner circle should lose. But you know all the T-shirts they sell and everything else, it just seems like maybe they don't they won't do it. But I think the Pinnacle should win. Yeah, I I think the Inner Circle is going to win. Um, I think they're just kind of starting their ascent as a as a baby face as a baby face group. Um, you know, you've got the Elite who are heels, you've got the the Pinnacle who are heels, and so you know. I think then it makes sense. Uh, yeah, you got the pinnacle heels. So it makes sense you have the inner circle be baby faces. So, um, you know, and after Jericho was thrown off a cage into a, you know, a queen, queen bed, queen mattress, you know, it makes sense for them to um, go this direction and, and, and have them win. So, yeah, I, I see inner circle winning the match. Uh, and also in these goofy matches, they, you know, they'll tend to have, um, you know, baby faces win. So. That's what I'm anticipating. All right, final match of the night. AEW world title match, three-way. First, I believe, three-way match they've had for a title in the company, I believe. Wow. Omega wow. versus Orange Cassidy versus Pac. Going into the match, Pac has beat both of these guys in singles matches in the past. It, Omega's not losing the title, you would think, especially as no. doing the no. electric gimmick. And, and Corey, this, that's the thing to me. Like you said before, uh, a match that's an AEW main event, AEW Dynamite main event, that's what this feels like to me. This doesn't feel like a match that should headline a pay-per-view. Because Pac has been, I don't even know what matches he's been winning. He's number one, two, number two contender. I don't know how. Um, Cassidy, I don't know what he's been doing to win these matches. So Adam Page is number one contender. He lost one match and then that's it. So to me, they they've 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 done they've been very cute in their ranking system, in their booking, to keep Adam Page away from Omega purposefully, which is fine. But then you can't tell me these are the two number one contenders. These are the two top contenders. Come on, what are we doing here? So to me, this feels like, like for instance, right? Will this match be better than Omega against Phoenix? No, of course not. But, um. But did it have a similar feel? 
where it's like, there's no way he's going to lose this match. It'll be a fun match. It'll be a good match. And Phoenix apparently is not on the show because he got hurt at a show in Mexico. But um, So that's a bummer that he's not on the show. But it just does not feel like there's any way Omega can lose. And I don't feel like not only that, because it doesn't make sense for him to lose. It doesn't feel like they've built up either one of these guys to win. That's the issue. Um, so, you know, and it's hard when you got a show and you got, you know, you know, they built up the blood and guts. And I mean, Jericho and I mean, they had 18 segments and maybe Corey, that's the problem. They need to figure out the balance. They need to figure out the balance of how to build certain guys. We love Jericho. He's a ratings draw. We, we know that. I, I think that's been proven that he, he's one of the guys that drives the ratings. But also, he's 50 years old. Like, how long is he going to wrestle for? You have to continue to build other people. So, um, yeah. Long-winded way of saying Omega is going to keep the title. I, I cannot see how he loses. I agree. I mean, like I said, I think it's going to be a solid in-ring show, just like the WWE last pay-per-view, which we weren't super into. I think it will deliver in-ring. I don't think they'll have a match as good as Reigns and, and Cesaro, but... Hey, we'll we'll see. I, mean, I, mean, I, think, I don't think I don't think they've had a match as good as Reigns and Zara on AEW. So, uh, uh, it, this year, we'll agree to disagree on that one. Uh, what, what match would you put on that level? Phoenix versus. Oh Omega. come on with this Phoenix Omega! Get out of here! Get out of here! There is no psychology in the match. You 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 don't you don't love the psychology. There's no psychology in the match. It was a it was a bunch of spots. I mean, it was a good match, but. Come on, the drama, the the the, the storytelling—it wasn't even close. All right, God. all right. So uh, let's do something a little bit different this week. Um, due to the fact that we didn't have, you know, an AEW show to, to go through. Uh, Twenty-five years ago today, Scott Hall made his debut on Nitro, which was basically the beginning of the NWO, one of the biggest stables and storylines in the history of the business. Uh, any thoughts or remembrance of uh, that night with Scott Hall, you know, debuting and what your thoughts were, you know, I know it's 25 years ago, but it is one of those watershed moments. Yeah. So I, so I would do this. So I would, so what was I? So I was, okay. So uh, yeah, I was, so I was watching wrestling like every week and I would, (laughs) I'd go to the store and I'd get ice cream. I'd get like a half gallon of ice cream. And this is when, you know, when you were 16, you could eat like this. And I'd have a half a gallon of ice cream. I'd have a bowl of cereal at eight, a bowl of cereal at nine, a bowl of cereal at like 1030 for the main event. It's like, it's like, I, if I ate like that now, I'd be 800 pounds. But um, no, so it's just, it's, it's just really funny. So I just, I, I don't remember that specific. I, I was sitting there when... Uh, but I, I remember um, more than anything, I remember the hype for like what they were doing every week. And I remember as a wrestling fan, I don't think I've ever been more excited for what was going to happen the next week. You know, when they do the thing and oh, okay, we have this long-term storytelling and you know, WWE and it's like, Oh, well we forgot. And now it's some other shit. Like they, every week you're like, holy shit, what's going to happen this week? What's going to happen this week? What's going to happen this week? Um, 
Yeah, and and so I, I I think it was one of the best hyped things of of all time. I mean, of all time. I mean, yeah, absolutely, one of the best hyped angles in the history of pro wrestling. Probably top five, maybe top three, maybe number one. Now, because they didn't capitalize on it as well as they probably should have, but it was just so well done, man. It was so freaking well done. Um, yeah. And, and and as I've said before, and I've said this to people, and people, oh, DX, get the fuck out of here. The NWO is the most uh, important stable in the history of professional wrestling. Um, it spawned. We have AEW now because of the NWO. That's why we have AEW, because of the NWO. Because of a fucking hand sign, because yeah. of new, because of New Japan starting the Bullet Club, the music is similar. The whole, the whole, it's the whole thing. It's the whole thing, and yeah, I, I mean, yeah, it was, it was, it was, it was great. And I missed some of those years in high school. Like I missed, like I missed, like I think my junior year, I missed part of it. Was my buddies like, "Oh, wrestling stupid, don't watch." And then him and I got into it. And I was like, I'm just going to start watching wrestling again. I don't care. I'm a dork. I'm going to keep watching it. Um, and, you know, that was whatever, 24 years ago. And I haven't stopped since. But I should have stopped probably a few of those years. But um, no, it was, it was just great. It was really, really great to anticipate and be excited for like, what's going to happen? What are they going to do this week? Who's going to appear? Is there going to be a new guy next week? Because... This is, you know, before this is both this is before this is before the internet. This is before the internet really was. I think it's before, maybe like the internet's like infancy. Yeah, it was. It was like it's. It was like it's infancy. So like you didn't know about room. You you heard some stuff about rumors, but it was re- like you really didn't know what what the fuck was going on. And so yeah, that my my you know my buddy my buddies and I were huge wrestling fans, so we would talk about it all the time. Um, yeah, no, it was, it was great. It was a great, it was a great time in wrestling. It was a lot, a lot of fun. I mean, I still remember to this day, cause you know, it was a big moment, you know, basically it was a restarting of the actual wrestling wars, but you know, Scott Hall came into the ring and he goes, you, you may know who I am, but you don't know why I'm here. And it just started the idea of, are these, are, is he coming in invading from WWE or WWF at the time? You know, and then you like two weeks later, you had Kevin Nash, and then you had Bash at the Beach with that scumbag Hogan. I mean, it was just all of these things and all these careers that were made as a result of this, where you didn't know if this guy was actually, if they, you know, if it was like part of an invasion angle from WWE. I mean, if you were like a super smart fan, you may have known that he wasn't under contract, but you know, you didn't know what was really going on and stuff. I mean, Corey, not really. Like there wasn't really that many supers. The internet was in its infancy. Right. There weren't really that many super smart fans. I mean, there were fans who like knew things were more of a work and whatever, but like you didn't, even if you knew he was under contract, you didn't know like where things were going. Like you had no idea where things were going and you didn't know, like, are they bringing, I think smart fans are the whole, that whole term is kind of stupid. I mean, because I think I think about it like pro football fans, like right, like everyone's talking. You know, I think there's smart fans in every sport who kind of know 
about the sport, who know more about the sport than others. And that's not just from reading the dirt sheets. That's from like watching the sport for a long time and kind of knowing what happened. So you can assume he's on the contract, but you're still like, I don't, this seems strange to me. Like something we've never seen before. Um, And Bischoff's talked about it a lot on his, the 83 weeks podcast that he has. Um, Yeah, no, it was. um, And I also, also, I always liked WCW more. I was always more of an NWA WCW guy. Um, So yeah, no, it was great. It was great. Absolutely. And, you know, maybe some more of these anniversaries come up, the 25th anniversary of like this, we'll maybe go back and depending on the week, talk a little bit about some of these events, you know, like I said, a couple of weeks later was Kevin Nash coming in and just really starting all of this. But uh, Jay, we went over a lot of cool things this week. How about you uh, let people know uh, how to follow the Life Group podcast and, our, and ourselves? Sure. So we're part of the, the great um, Life Group podcast. Monday, we've got Dong City with Henry and Vince, uh, baseball podcast. Tuesday, we've got the Audible with Matt and Randy, a football podcast. Okay, oh, anybody are- healthy in MLB or actually hit the ball? I mean, yeah, I know, I know. So right now with, with the Audible, things are sl- a little slow with football, but things will definitely pick up with mini camps to start, like the beginning of June, so – we got, Julio, we got Julio Jones situation. And well, I mean, where is he? I mean, where where are these guys go? I mean, you can just, hey, Rogers, where's he gonna go? I don't know. Where's he gonna go? I don't know. I mean, yeah, we're not talking about football now. We're talking about, you know, uh, fucking young and the wrestlers. Um, Thursday, you've got us, Work Shoot Wrestling Podcast. Friday, you've got the Step Back with Jacob and Leon. I've, I mean, they probably should have two podcasts. I don't know how they're wrapping all these playoffs in one show. Um, and then uh, Sunday we've got total bases with Felipe and Sean, more of a kind of fantasy take on baseball. So yeah, you've got podcasts five out of the seven days. Um, you got one weekend show in there. So, um, have at it. The shows are good. They're interactive. Uh, it's a bunch of good guys doing these shows, including us. So, so check it out. Absolutely. And, uh, of course, if you want to check us out on the social media, we're on Twitter and Instagram at Workshoot Pod. Uh, Jason and myself will be on there during the week talking about the big things going on. And, you know, I was on there today, you know, talking about all the different things with uh, the commentary changes. So, I mean, we'll see how that, how that goes. Uh, but Jay, I believe there's one other podcast that uh, I'm involved with. You've been on the show, you know, on one of our best shows talking about, how much of a jerk I am, but uh, Jay, would you remember what that comedy podcast is? You don't know Jackie. You don't know Jackie, Jackie, Andy, Jackie, Rachel, Jackie, Corey, okay. the comedy podcast for the ages. Corey, what do you guys got this week? Uh, it was the first of our three episodes with uh, Ken Beck, who was on season one of Russian Doll. Uh, we talk about catching up where we actually all worked in real life together uh, before he went out to Hollywood. Also talking about this past week with the uh, Seth, uh, Seth Rogen. I did not say this about six times in the pocket. I actually said Seth Rollins, but um, Seth Rogen uh, situation with James Franco with the, all the charges and accusations against James Franco. And basically. Wait, Seth Rogen's got charges against him too. No, no, no uh, but the, but the idea of the, one of the conversations was if you have a friend who basically is doing accused of doing all this horrible shit, 
what do you do? Do you cut them off? Do you help them? Do you try to get them to, you know, do you believe the fact that this stuff has happened? I mean, like me and you years ago, which we won't talk about on this show, I did something that was totally wrong and stupid. And it took a little while for us to get back to a good place, but it took time, you know? So, I mean, yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a hard thing. I mean, I know there's a thing with, um, um, Oh, so you said set. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. So, I mean, I, I don't know how you, it's a hard thing to come back from. Also, the, the, there's also the idea, right. Of the public and like, you know, being, you know, supporting your buddy, but you're also freaking making movies and you want people to watch, you want people to watch your shit. And we know Hollywood also is very liberal um in terms of you know you know uh even though it's very hard for black people to get movies made and all this you know you know you know gay and lesbian it's hard for people it's hard for lgbt community there whatever yeah it's super liberal whatever that's that's neither here nor there so when you have this appearance of that that makes it even harder so who knows what franco did what he didn't do i read a little bit of the stuff it sounds like not good. You know, when there's smoke, there's fire, right? You know, if one person says something, oh, you know, who knows, right? When a number of people say the same thing, it's like, well, you know, he's like uh, the guy who did the Avengers, you know, um, and did Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Right now, there's so much stuff up there about him. It's like, yeah, okay. Josh Whedon or whatever, you know, so that's interesting. That's an interesting concept. Uh, I'll, I'll uh, be uh, be checking that show out. And like I said, you know, last thing on this quickly, you know, he said he hasn't worked with him since 2017, but they're both producers on this upcoming Pamela Anderson, Tommy Lee movie. So who knows how much they're actually talking or not. But uh, one of those shows that you should definitely check out every week. Right now we're going uh, every two weeks based on scheduling, but uh, definitely check out You Don't Know Jackie, just like the Workshop Wrestling Podcast, wherever you check out podcasts, leave each show a review and we will... Uh, Shout you out, you know, five stars is a uh, is always fun. It makes it makes people find our show easier, and you know, with the algorithms of Apple, you know, it helps people find us. So we do appreciate it if you give us a five star review on either one of those shows. But uh, Jay, uh, last thing before we quickly get out of here, you brought up, and especially with Double or Nothing, is how is having you know, a full crowd this week. Uh, what's your thoughts? And of course, I'll chime in on this on the idea of starting in a couple of weeks, MLW will, AEW, I believe Impact, mostly for Slammiversary, ROH, I believe, is doing it. Everyone is coming back with live shows. We had the big one, WrestleMania, but, you know, how much is this going to change everything? You know, these, you know, and Edge has talked about this. For the most part, these promoters, bookers, have been on, the, you know, thinking on the fly with stuff. Orange Cassidy became a star because of the fans. Absolutely, yeah. You know, um, he was supposed to be, you know, a kind of mid-card guy. And he became a bigger star because of the fans. And we see that in wrestling all the time. Daniel Bryan was supposed to be a mid-carder, but because of the fans. So we don't know who the fans think is a star. It'll also be interesting, you know, over the past year or so, who AEW has kind of told us is a star. And who WWE tells us are stars. And, you know, are they truly, you know, is Bobby Lashley where we think he is? Um, you know, 
Darby Allen has shown himself well even before the pandemic. But you know, where where are some of these guys who who are being hyped in comparison to the company's eyes between the fans' eyes? Um, because you know, wrestling. One cool thing about wrestling is it's a fan-driven business, right? Like the fans really oftentimes control who's a star and who's not a star. Not always, but oftentimes they do. CM Punk would not have be, been CM Punk without without the fans. They were not planning on pushing him ever. And, Vince, and CM Punk's talked about that. So who is the next person to, to get the hype, to get the rub, to become a big star that we don't know yet? I don't know. That remains to be seen. Well, I guess we'll find out in July. Shit's going to blow up in July. It's going to be a lot of stuff going on. Your boy's going to have off. Well, I'll still be working, but whatever. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, it'll be, it'll be, um, I'll be able to wake up whenever I want. So that'll be the, that'll be the thing. Um, so yeah, it's just going to be a really, really fun, fun month of, of wrestling. Uh, all these guys who are free agents are, are not free agents anymore. So July is going to be, June, I think, is going to be a little weird. We've got the Hell in a Cell that they always push down our throats. We've got AEW being on 18 million different times during time slots. You know, the NBA is really going to be heating up. But I think after June, you're going to see that kind of the that explosion. You're going to have some pay-per-views. You're going to have to push for SummerSlam. You're going to have fans. So, um, you know, this month will be probably you know a little quieter. Um, you know, or next month, I should say June. And then after that, it's going to be you know, it's going to be, let's go, let's go. Let's see. Let's see how everything goes. I, I totally agree. I mean, it will be really interesting to see how fans react to things that, you know, us on the ins- quote unquote inside, you know, feel are, are, are good. And it'll be interesting to see who gets those crowd reactions and how much, you know, after a year plus, especially Vince McMahon, because he's, you know, the cranky old man there and, is being able to go and tell people who to root for and who not to with the Thunderdome, how much that will affect his plans and if he'll be able to go and evolve, you know. As- and also the show in general, like it's not a good show. So, you know, how, how the sh- you know, what, what, what do they do to change the show to make the show better? Seeing that fans are not reacting to the show. So what type of, um, what type of changes they implement in the actual show rather than like, you know, a, a, you know, one wrestler or two wrestlers, what do they do for the show? So that, yeah. Yeah. It'll be interesting. Yeah. I mean, we'll, we'll talk more about this as it goes along. It'll be the first big test is this, uh, this Sunday. Yes. It's going to be in um, Daly's place, but it will be a full crowd. We'll see how people react to certain things and what isn't, isn't over. And uh, we'll talk more about it as the weeks go along and we'll see how WWE did, you know, selling tickets wise. I haven't had a chance to look at it for their first couple of shows. I believe went on sale on, on Wednesday. So Jason, it's been another entertaining week. And as always, my, but my friend, the final word is yours. I think we're done here. See ya. <laughs>